The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they know me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Good Shepherd, the Resurrected One, Jesus Christ. Amen. Whenever I feel like someone is behaving poorly and needs a talking to, or when I know that I am behaving poorly and need someone to give me a good talking to, I refer to the conversation that needs to be had as a come-to-Jesus talk. So... It was ever so slightly disorienting to read today's gospel and hear the way that Jesus cut down the Jewish religious authorities who simply wanted to know if he was the Messiah. Because my first instinct was that Jesus himself needed a come to Jesus talk. It was the festival of the dedication, also known as Hanukkah. And Jesus was walking around the temple when a group of curious, intellectual, religious types, known today as Episcopalians, (laughs) asked him if he was the Messiah. Now, the Jesus of my imagination would have praised them for their inquiry and assured him that he was indeed the Messiah and he loved them and all would be well. However, the Jesus of the gospel responded very differently from the Jesus of my imagination. He responded with impatience. I already told you. I already showed you. You don't get it because you are not one of my sheep. And this is where I get disoriented, both because I want to have a come to Jesus talk with Jesus about his unhospitable habit of excluding the curious religious authorities And because he calls his followers sheep. And I don't want to be a sheep. So Jesus turns right around and has a come to Jesus talk with me. Becky, be my sheep. To be a disciple is to be a sheep. To be a sheep is to be part of the herd, to be trusting to be vulnerable, to be open to the will of the shepherd, to live your life for the good of the herd. Be a sheep. I want to ask Jesus if we can all just be cats 
because cats are smart and they live into their free will. But gospel Jesus raises his eyebrows as if to say that not even he can herd cats. So what would it look like to be sheep? Today's readings bring three things to light in terms of how living as Jesus' sheep in the world might actually be a rather courageous and transformative thing to do. First, to be a sheep is to be a vehicle for Christ's work in the world. Second, as sheep, we know ourselves to be in need of God and to be held by God, always. And third, to be a sheep is to be one who lives into one's baptism. Let's take them one at a time. To be a sheep is to be a disciple. And ever since Jesus ascended to heaven and no longer has his own body and his own voice and his own chutzpah walking around here on earth, discipleship has taken on a whole new meaning for us. To be a disciple is to offer our bodies and our voices and sometimes even our chutzpah up to Jesus' use. We are called to act on Jesus' will, as presented in the gospel and as spoken into our hearts, as vehicles for Jesus' work in the world. That is our main purpose, the main reason we were created. Today we heard about Tabitha, an early Christian disciple who was an important teacher in her community. Now Jesus was able to teach through her willingness to offer her life to him. When she died and the community mourned the loss of one of Jesus' first vehicles of his post-resurrection work in the world, another disciple stepped in, Peter. Peter, who made a lot of mistakes and fumbled a lot and denied Jesus and was really confused last week about a few things, including putting clothes on to get in the water. Um, And Tony spoke last week about Peter's humanness. This moment today gives me such hope that even as fumbling humans, we can be as open to being vehicles of Jesus' work in the world as Peter was. Because Peter was open enough to just pray and let Jesus work through him. And in that, Jesus was able to bring Tabitha back to life. And so through Peter and Tabitha's willingness to offer themselves to the work of Christ, more people came into relationship with God. How beautiful is that? And how powerful would it be if we all surrendered so completely to whatever God is trying to do through us? The second point about knowing that we are sheep in need and that we have God with us all the time to fulfill that need. This need, this truth, is spelled out beautifully in Psalm 23, a psalm that Jesus surely knew, probably by heart. 
Now, when I'm at the top of my game in life, I tend to gloss over the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, etc., etc., as a sentimental and nice little bit of scripture. But when the weight of the world knocks me down, and when I can't seem to bounce back from grief or overwhelm, or the realization that I'm not actually as equipped as I think I am to navigate daily life. In other words, when I am humbled and know myself to be in need, Psalm 23 feeds me deeply. Maybe it feeds you too. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We have a guide and a protector. There are real internal and external evils out there. But we don't ever have to fight them alone. Which brings me to that third thing about being sheep. As Jesus' sheep... Jesus promises that no one can take us away from him. We are his because because God gave us to him. I don't know exactly how it works that God gave us to Christ, that some of us know ourselves to belong to Christ and others don't. And I need to fight my Pharisee-like tendency to try to figure it out. I do not believe that anyone is excluded from the love of God through Christ. But I can only speak to the ways in which we know that to be true in the church as baptized Christians. When we are baptized, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. Forever. No one and nothing, not even our own wandering hearts, can snatch us away. In baptism, we are both held in the safety of the shepherd's arms and empowered and sent forth to be vehicles for Christ's redemptive work of love and justice in this world. If the shepherd chooses to climb a mountain to find sweeter grass, be it the mountain of justice-seeking or the mountain of peace-making or the mountain of kingdom-growing. We pad along behind, trusting that when we are tired, he will give us rest, and when we are thirsty, he will find us water, and when we are lost, he will seek us out and bring us back, and when we are weak, he will carry us. In baptism, some part of us knows that the only authentic way forward is with him. And so we go together in the sacred herd of baptized and beloved sheep. We go out into the world, over mountains, through valleys and always into the eternal eternal love of God. We go. In the name of the one who came among us as our shepherd, Jesus Christ, we go. And today, 
gathered around the baptismal font with Colin Peter Lynch and his family, we will remember our own baptismal covenants, our own commissions to go out into the world marked as Christ's own. And we will invite Colin to come along with us. So, Colin, who might still be sleeping, if you would like to bring your family and your godparents up here, let's get you baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.